0: Hello Town Baseball friends, this is your new most addicting podcast, The Small Town Baseball Commute, where we discuss all kinds of things about amateur baseball, or town ball as we call it up here, things that are probably boring to all your friends at work, or they think that you're talking about softball, so instead, we don't talk about it at work. We talk about it here. I'm your host, Josh Item, coming to you from over here in lovely River Falls, Wisconsin. For this episode, I had the chance to talk to Tyson Sunnenberg of the Minneota Mud Mudhens. I really did just pick the Mudhens at random from a Twitter follow, but as you'll find out, when you've played a million years, it's hard not to have a connection. So it did turn out Tyson and I had a teammate and an old friend in common So shout out to old fellow outfielder and teammate J-Mac when you get a chance to listen to this. So it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but except none of us are famous, none of us are wealthy, or none of us are good looking, so let's just get to it. A fun conversation I had this afternoon with Tyson Sonnenberg.
1: All right, here we are on another episode of the Small Town Baseball Commute. Full disclosure, this is... Really my first one where I just called up the team out of the blue based on a Twitter follow, um, and I got in touch with the Minneota Mudhens, and on the phone I've got current manager uh, Tyson Sonnenberg. Ty- Sonnenberg, Tyson, did I say that right?
2: Yep, uh, Tyson Sonnenberg, he got it.
1: Yeah, well, how you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm actually down south today, so I'm avoiding that, that cold weather that's happening up north, so... I heard it snowing yeah. again back home.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they're talking a whole other front moving through. Uh, you know, pretty surreal watching game one of the World Series last night
2: with eight inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is uh, it is different. Dodgers played well, though. That was a good game for them. Should be a good series. Yeah, yeah
1: I, and I saw, I think it was maybe the Town Ball Tuesdays guys pointing out on Twitter last night that maybe it's good that the Twins didn't host the World Series tonight
2: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy you know the weather here like was it last week we were hitting or a week ago or two weeks ago it was like i think it was in the 60s or 70s and then all of a sudden now yeah. we got six inches of snow
1: oh for sure and i gotta i need this stuff to melt too we do a home ice rink for my kids uh this would be my third year doing it and okay. I i'm not really great at building things but it's mostly hung together uh but i don't know yeah. <laughs> down yet so I need, it, I need it to melt so I can get out in the backyard and get some boards up. So Keep anyways, different having, yeah. sport, different thing. Let's talk baseball. Um, sure. So Tyson, why don't you give us your backstory? How'd you get into town baseball um, and end up on the podcast today?
2: Yeah, so it was two thousand two thousand eight. 2008. I had a buddy that was playing in the nearby town. I was going uh, to school at the Southwest State in uh, Marshall, Minnesota, and See my I play for now, Minneota, we didn't actually have an amateur team, but there was a town next door, Canby, um, which you might be familiar with being kind of uh, having some history in that area. They had a team, and I had a buddy that was going to play for them. So I went to, like, a practice tryout type of thing um, that summer, and, I mean, they were like, yeah, come play. So we played that year, met a lot of cool guys. But a lot of us were commuting from Marshall right past Mineota to Canby, yeah. so it was a bus. 30, probably just over a 30-minute drive, um, and then after the season, we kind of started talking about, you know, well, why don't we do this in Minneota? Minneota used to have a team uh, way back when I think they were called the Minneota Indians, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what they used to be called, and this was a long time ago. So yeah. we hadn't had amateur ball in Minneota for a while. Um, Minneota's kind of got a history of being a big football town. If, you, uh, if, if you're a Class A football team, Minneota's a town of about fifteen hundred um has has had a really good history of football. So baseball, it's always been a sport we enjoy there, but it hasn't been like, you know, a featured sport I would say. But uh yeah, we kinda got rolling with that idea, got talking, um went through the process of getting it going. There was a few guys that really helped us out with that. My buddy uh and teammates Adam Trollman, Jesse Drager and Justin Greenwood were some guys that we kind of were the front of that project. And um yeah, I mean, no one until you do it. I don't think people realize how much work there is to run an amateur baseball program. With trying to find sponsorships and this to getting it started up too, making sure you have all your, you know, all the X's and O's taken care of, and uh, even things as like picking out your name, picking out your colors. It's kind of funny how we how we actually got our colors was uh, there was a sporting goods store in town, and he had a bunch of leftover baseball pants from North Dakota State University. And they had the green <laughs> piping down the side, and he goes for our sponsorship i'll I'll give you these you know our colors were usually blue and gold, and I didn't realize for amateurs, you know, I just assumed we were gonna be blue and gold, and uh we uh we ended up being green and orange because we got free baseball pants, so that's kind of yeah how we got the colors, so it's kind of a cool little story there that I don't think a lot of people know um and then talking about names and stuff. You know, my buddy mentioned the, the Mud Hens, obviously like the Toledo Mud Hens, um a big minor league team. But uh right. so we kinda of stuck with Mud Hens and and that's uh we just had our ten year um so our first year was two thousand nine. So just our two thousand nineteen season was our was our ten year mark and then we just had our eleventh season this last year. So it was an interesting summer not knowing what was gonna happen, but you know, we're glad we got to play at least a little baseball this summer and uh, yeah. It was different well, but it was still enjoyable.
1: Yeah, Tyson, that's great. So that that'll be yeah, in the thirty years no one is gonna have any idea why that team is green unless we can preserve that <laughs> that uh piece of this podcast, a little piece of history right there. Hey, now, exactly, you, yep.
2: Hold on to that one. So
1: yeah, so you've you and I have had some I think I would say some similar experiences with that. We've been running our team in River Falls for about the same amount of years. Now Um, Did you grow up in Minnesota or where or the area or where are you from originally?
2: Yeah, I grew up in in Minnesota originally. I went to school there, uh, graduated, moved to Marshall for college, and then was playing ball uh, in Minnesota ever since. Um, Been managing the team for about, I think it's probably been about six years now, five or six years. Uh, The guy that was doing it, Jason Miri, um, We've we had a few managers in the eleven-year span there, but um, Jason was the last guy before myself, and then we kind of—I um, guess I'm technically the—if you had to classify me as like the head manager, head coach. But we do have two guys that are the assistants, and we kind of honestly um, lead it all together. It's kind of—it's kind of nice sometimes, because I'm a player manager too. You know, we never wanted to go that route. We just didn't have people that we thought were all in. On, um, on keeping this thing, it had as much passion as we did, or had as much passion as we did to keep this, keep the ball moving with the Mud Hens, and as you know as much as anybody that you, you kind of got to be all in. It's got to be a passion, otherwise, you know, it could easily, it could easily fall apart. And we've seen towns um, have to fold just because I think they just couldn't keep people interested in it, and there wasn't enough passion involved. Um, yeah, so we've uh, been running for about five or six years, and it's good because we all play and manage together, so it kind of works better having some guys in numbers, and you know if, if we're not playing a guy, I'll just say you know, I, yeah, I'd love to play you, but uh but both said, you know, got time for you to take the day off, so i'll just I'll just push it on him a little bit <laughs> yeah no i don't I don't cool. do that, but uh yeah, go ahead what
1: well so as a as a player manager, um that can be a tough thing. are there times when you have had to? make those tough decisions where I know sometimes in in my case, I've had to make those tough decisions, but it's a lot easier. Sometimes it's a lot easier to put myself at a disadvantage than anybody else. Right. So if, if someone has to play out a position, you know what, I'll be the guy that goes, I can remember making four errors, four errors in a game at second base one time Mm -hmm. and uh, at home, right after we'd open a nice ballpark, so um, and having people after the game come up to me and be like, "Yeah, tough night tonight too." Well, none of them knew that I hadn't played second base since like 1997. And it was a B squad <laughs> right. baseball player in <laughs> Rochester, but you just go, <laughs> "Yep, yep, it was tough." Because you don't want to put your other guys, any of your other guys, in that situation where they're going to feel embarrassed or whatever. Have you had any mm-hmm. situations like that where as <clears> manager where you've had to try to do stuff like that?
2: I mean, we definitely will be the first ones to take ourselves out of the game to get other guys some time. You know, we definitely want to keep the other guys interested and involved. And sometimes grabbing a player too early sometimes hurts us because they've, they're have used to kind of being, being the guy, right? They're playing, they're starting every game, and now they're coming on a team where you have guys that have played well for five years, they know how it goes, they're – They're, you know, at the time, they are probably a better player than that younger kid is, not saying that younger, that younger kid won't be better in the future. Um, They have a tough time accepting that role. And, you know, I think the guys that can accept it and get better and keep working are the guys that that make it and stick around for years. So and as far as like ourselves, too, um, it, it is tough when the guys don't see it and they don't understand Kind of what their what their role is. There's guys in amateur ball all over the map. Guys that have played professional, guys that have played collegiate or high school, or maybe didn't even play high school ball. That they just want to be on the team. But if they think they should be starting every game, bat in third, playing shortstop, you know, when they didn't even play high school ball, <laughs> that's a tough. That's tough. But you just got to have that conversation, and we try to be very transparent with everybody. And uh make sure we're all on the same page, so expectations are met on all sides,
1: yeah, it's like management of anything um you know you can't you can't be afraid to have those have those tough conversations with people you know if you're really conflict right. diverse, it's just not a good place i've I've seen that before where guys just don't wanna get into a conflict, and I respect that too, but it makes it hard to hard to make those decisions and and be transparent mm-hmm. enough with your with your guys um yeah. So and like you said, they're your your friends too. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You're the coach, but
0: sorry,
2: yeah, you're you're the coach, but you're also your friends and your your teammates and stuff too. So it's it's a tough, uh, a tough area, but we make it work. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's a there's a few models out there in in amateur ball that that I guess probably existed in pro ball because I remember having a Pete Rose probably the last Pete Rose baseball card they ever made of like a, I don't want to say like 89 Dunriths of uh, Pete Rose where it said player manager. I know I'm getting the details of that wrong. I can see the card and I just can't tell you what year it was. Yeah. I'm a big Pete Rose guy, so I'm with you. Yeah. It's been a long time since there's been a player manager in the pros. But yeah, so you've got the player manager and then, and then you've got just your regular manager. There's also, I think that, model where I've seen before that teams can go through for a couple of years where you've got kind of your general manager, board guys behind the scenes, but they're just hoping the players will fill out the lineup
0: card and somebody somebody does it every every <laughs> game. I've seen that exist a couple times. We miles. get a lot of that. Hey baseball fans, we're about halfway through the conversation here, so it's time to take a quick break and thank our podcast sponsors. That includes my friends at Aspen Creek Publishing, who helped me publish my own book about town baseball, Beyond the Fence, a fun novel about town ball life based on lies and half-truths from my time around the game. You'll find it on Amazon.com or our website at BaseballCommute.com. You won't find it on Audible, though, because, frankly, I just don't have the patience to read a whole book out loud. Well, here we go. Let's get on to the last half of the episode. last half of this episode is brought to you by the guy who skips his sister's wedding because you have a league game. The guy who skips his sister's wedding a true town ball hero hey speaking of heroes if you're interested in advertising here on the pod just hit us up at baseballcommute.com all right let's get back to the conversation
1: so tell me a little bit about the league out there um so we're um, I don't think we mentioned for anybody the Minnesota people probably know where Marshall and, and um Miniota are, but um for those of you guys over in Wisconsin that are really, so we're talking southwest Minnesota. I do know where Canby is. I got some family family there too. Canby is uh what is the name of that team? One of them is the Lancers. Is that the high school team or is that the baseball yeah. team? Right. So
2: yeah, the Lancers used to be the high or they are the high school team. The it wasn't okay. Canby Knights. That okay. and they folded Not a few a few years back. Um probably four maybe four years ago that team actually folded which you know in in a way benefited us because we were in that uh 30 mile radius to grab those players and we've had we've had a lot of really good players from canby on our team and it's interesting because you know canby you would say are big high school rivals but you know i think once college is done we can all put that behind us or once high school is done we can all put that behind us and uh and we find out, you know what? There's some pretty, there's some pretty good guys over there, and uh, they feel the same about us, and it's just a good relationship that's worked out really well. So we, we've kind of benefited from that, from that a little bit. But you never want to see a team fold either. But uh, yeah. if they do, it's nice that they're in your 30-mile uh, radius. Yeah. Well,
1: what's the story? Not to not to air any any laundry, but what's the what's the story on why they folded? Cause, I mean, there's probably. I bet we could narrow that down to about two or three reasons that different reasons that town ball teams fold, but, but
2: what was, mm-hmm. what was theirs? I I think it was just, you know, not being able to fill a, fill a team with, with guys wanting to commit to just playing baseball. I think there's um, a lot of guys in that area, you know, they love softball. They loved going golfing and things like that. And um, just a, not a, not a lot of them really wanted to commit to a full season of a, of summer ball. And it and it yeah. definitely can be a lot. It's a lot of weekends and stuff like that that you're giving up and um and I think a lot of parts to do with baseball is, you know, not everybody handles the failure side of baseball as well as others. You know, you go play a full pitch softball, if you go 6 for 10, you might say you've had a bad night, you know. You're batting 600. Yeah. Baseball, you go 3 for 10 and you're <laughs> you're having, you know, Hall of Fame career. So, I think some people handle that differently and if you don't just love the game and and can understand how failure works, then I think it's easy to give up on it and, and go play something else that you're going to have more success at. So I think that has, that might have something to do with it. I, you know, I'm yeah. not 100% sure on that, but yeah, it's just the lack of guys. And like I said, we've definitely benefited from it being able to grab those players that, that do still want to keep playing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's a lot of guys, sometimes if a, uh, if a manager, you know, if you don't have a, a great structure and a manager retires or moves, I've seen that before, where you just don't have somebody mm-hmm. that will pick it up and run it.
2: Um, exactly. You
1: know, that's interesting what you said about about as a as a player manager going back to that about difficult conversations and you look at your teammates as your friends. And you know, I think some there's different. I look back at some years at Giants where I thought everybody was my friends, but they really weren't too. But you have yeah. to have a strike. <laughs> right? And yeah, you maybe, find out later. Like, oh yeah, did
2: you
1: know that guy just played us the whole like, no, I thought that person was my friend. You know, it's like middle
2: school. <laughs> but, oh, it's, it's tough because, yeah, go ahead.
1: You have to. Well, you have to. You have to kind of enjoy to be able to deal with that failure because baseball is such a mean game. We always, after at one of our phrases after a tough loss, always just like, oh, baseball. I I would hate it so much if I didn't love it so much. You know. But um, <laughs> exactly. But you almost I mean, and it sounds like you guys kinda of have that in Minnesota right now where where you have a lot of guys that just enjoy being at the ballpark together. Is that kind of the culture of that team right now out there?
2: I would say we're we're a very close group for sure. Um, you know, we do things outside of baseball together. You know, I gotta guess for instance, maybe you've heard of this um uh not this last summer, but the summer before that. So two thousand nineteen summer. Uh three of us went to the College Baseball World Series together and we kinda sent the text up to other guys on the team too. But it was like a Monday and not a lot of guys can make it work and I think once you hear the rest of the story you'll understand why they regret not showing up. But <laughs> yeah. If you saw the clip of the guy going viral for catching that home run ball. Yeah. And then he and then uh drinking his, you know, slamming his drink and then crowd kinda going crazy. <laughs> that was actually our teammate Austin Bicey and I was uh, right next uh, to him uh, and uh <laughs> And uh, Zach Nye, another teammate, was right behind him in a Baker Mayfield football jersey. So, uh, oh, that's did great. You, did you see that clip or not? I, you know it
1: sounds familiar, and I kind of okay. do. How many years ago was that? Now, you think it, it was just a, like a year and a half ago?
2: Not even yeah, a, like year a, a year half. and it was a half. Yeah, like just
1: well I, I'll tell own. you what I what we'll do is when we post this podcast a little bit later, I'll look for that clip and I'll put it up right next to it. If I can find <laughs>
2: <laughs> Austin went pretty viral, and uh, he put, yeah. a, put us on the map a little bit. So that was, that was a pretty fun moment. But if, uh, just make sure you don't get me ducking away, okay? Make sure we yeah, get back so up, uh, that part out you. of there. I got roasted I by that. the guys from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you know, for a successful team that, that – and it, it it extends beyond your team. You know, you look at some, some formats, too, where, you know, you've got your, your – your teams that have like a formal board that they're run by and but you look at those board members they spend a lot of time together they have to enjoy actually being together too it's all nobody's getting paid to do any of this right so if you're not having any fun while you're doing it it's just not going to sustain itself and that's something to that as a as a manager as a as just a leader whatever capacity that is in town ball so you might not be the manager you might just be one of the you know, one of the guys that's been around for a while, you, you have to pay attention to how much fun the people are having around you. Because if they aren't, then that's a sure path to to that
2: team not existing anymore. So, yeah, interesting, exactly. And there's a lot. Yeah, like I said the, the best thing we did was probably get a board, um, a baseball board started, just to help delegate things and and just to have that support too. it Been been huge yeah. for us.
1: Who are the people that make up your, where did you go? Okay, so this is a good question that I have because we've been thinking, we have a, so you know over here in River Falls, we have a board of folks that run the ballpark, but that's separate from our team. So we've been thinking about starting our own board beyond the players that is just for the team. Where do you, mm-hmm. where did you guys start with that? Tell me about that because I haven't been sure where to start.
2: So that would be helpful for me if nobody else. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you know, I didn't start the board. That was when uh, Jason Murray, he kind of got the board started. But you just got to find those people that have buy-in, whether it's invested interest um, as a family member or people that you just know are going to be there to support you. We got um, our paper guy who actually just moved away this last year, Byron Higgin, was our president, and he was a huge supporter of us. Um, we got my buddy's dad on the board as well, who was, you know, he'd been playing for a long time. Um, The head baseball coach was on the board for a little bit there. Our PA guy uh, got on the board. Uh, We grabbed myself on the board too, just as the player who had been there from the kind of started from the Mm -hmm. roots of it. Um, And just people that you think, you know, like I said, that are very invested in it because you got to have those people. And, you know, Byron was our president and he had, he had just moved. So we're trying to, Figure out who can take that spot, and instead of just jumping on somebody, um, we do want to wait until we find someone that we think is capable of it too, and and wants to, you know, and wants to be in that spot as well. So yeah, um, we'll we'll see when we get there. But it, yeah, it was an interesting year last year with everything. We weren't sure if we were even going to have a season, so we never really, really searched hard for that for that so uh, somebody to take over though. So yeah,
1: a lot of a lot of things on hold with a with a quick season that we all had. So with uh you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just pulling into the driveway here. In fact, uh, sure. speaking of kids hockey, I was supposed to be home definitely 10 minutes before I got So I got a, I got a, a look from my daughter on her way out. Like, yeah I'm in really late <laughs> to practice because you didn't get home because you're sitting in the car talking baseball again, sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so I guess they're gone now a hockey practice. So I got plenty of time. Bad dad.
0: Okay. Um, so what,
1: uh, what, what's, what's, yeah, final word for for Minnesota, what's in store for the future. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to for, for next summer? Which there's eight inches of snow on the ground, so we might as well just call it the out season. So uh, you, other than that COVID being over, let's all hope we just get a normal season next summer. But yeah, What, fingers, fingers what makes you excited about coming out for another year?
2: I think, you know, we got to really strong core group of guys that have been together for a while now and we've been saying it for a couple of years but we're like you know this is our year i think we can make it we haven't made it to the state tournament yet we've been close you know we take the top two teams in our league and two of the last three years we had been a number two seed going into playoffs and just couldn't couldn't quite get the job done um we've been consistent every year as far as you know playing good baseball so we're just trying to keep this core together for a few more years you know you know as much as anybody that you just don't know season to season what happens with the jobs and people moving and, mm-hmm. and obviously just wanting to keep playing too. So things can change, you know, there's been years where we've lost, you know, six starters in our lineup just because of different things happened. And yeah, you try your best to keep the group around and you try to reload talent. And it's getting tougher. Amateur baseball is so popular in, in the area. And uh, there's a lot of teams they can choose from. So you got to try to, you know, we're pretty local as far as Minota guys, but other guys out of town, you know, how do we get those guys to want to come play for us? You know, we're competing against other towns in the area too. And, uh, you know, a hot, hot team right now that people want to play for, obviously the Millroy Irish, if you've heard a little bit about their story with, uh, creating their own field out there it's and it's a beautiful field, beautiful area. And, yeah. and they have a lot of success too. And they're, they're a fun team to play for. So guys in the area love to play for them. Uh, Marshall now is a class C team again. So, the Marshall kids pretty much stay and play for Marshall instead of coming over and playing for, like, a another local team in the area, like the like the Milroy teams, or, or us, or Tracy, or, or somebody, Granite Falls, possibly. So, we're pretty much local talent right now as far as, like, Miniota, and we get a lot of the guys from canby and, you know, we do stink a few guys from Marshall here and there, but just yeah, trying to keep yeah. the group together and just keep building on what we have, I think, would be the biggest thing. Actually, yeah. You know, I, I did a little background check on you, a.k.a. I took a look to your <laughs> Facebook page quick. Sure. <laughs> and I saw we have a mutual – yeah. <laughs> I assume we have a mutual friend. uh Jason McKinnon. Oh, sure. So I reached out said, to him, and he said, you guys played some baseball together. We played some – he played for Minnesota for a couple of years too. Oh, he did? I didn't so he, even know that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He, uh, he used to play for the Marshall A's. I think he mm-hmm. – he had a good friend on our team, Justin Greenwood, and uh, Justin talked him into coming over and playing for us. So, yeah. Um, our biggest Boy. battle was he, me and him, wore the same number. So, he wanted to get my number three <laughs> from me, but I <laughs> I didn't let him have it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it wouldn't surprise me to hear that he was persistent about it, too. Yeah. The, the McKinnon boys, Jason and Josh McKinnon, who were their from River Falls originally and twin brothers, we called them J mac and Joe Mack. Um, yeah. We call him J mac Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And just uh, just good, good guy, good ball player. Um, was an yeah. us, way back. I mean, this is early days. This is
2: when we were in the ball,
1: early twenties. So, um, long time ago, back in back in the old Spring Valley Hawks days. That I've gotten a lot of mentions on this podcast so far. <laughs> this, this <old laughs> days, as we say, They get better every year. Um, yep. we, were, we were better players every year, and the games were funner every year. The farther we get away from it, sometimes. Um, but yeah, hopefully he's listening to that one too. So okay, percent. something um something popped into my head. I know we were gonna about to get off the phone, but this is something I'm I've been curious about how other leagues handle. So maybe last quick topic here. Um okay. I talking about competing with other and I know Minnesota has really stringent rules and rules about releases and things and, and different than Wisconsin that way. Um one of the things that we continually talk about over here in our league in the Sanctuary Valley League is um is managers competing for players and perceived recruiting that goes on and some of that stuff? How how not for you to call anybody out? Or I don't want to start a controversy <laughs> within your league. Yep. But is that something you guys talk about out there? We we're talking about kind of competing with different towns for players. Like what's that,
2: what's the atmosphere like? I bet it's different yeah. everywhere. But kind of the unwritten rules a little bit. Um, you know, I think. It is a respect thing, but every manager, you know, wants the good players to come play for them. Obviously, um, I'm, I, how do you guys do your radius? I should say, do you guys have like I don't know how? Do you guys do the same thing from your town? Yeah, you have a Certain radius you got to follow. Yep.
1: Yeah, we're thirty. Okay. We're thirty miles. For years it was twenty five years ago. It became thirty, but
2: um, you know, okay. and, and you Thanks. know,
1: you know as as well as I do, this unfortunately the towns though are not thirty miles apart, so you're just in everybody's area all the time if you're going off yeah, to the market.
2: Right. So, yeah, we're 30 miles as the crow flies. Um, you can, your league can extend it. I think we get it. We actually voted for an extra five miles. Um, so we're 35 as the crow flies from where we're at and yeah, it's, it's definitely tough because you want to respect the managers of their teams and you don't want to be that guy, you know, trying to take their players, um, Man, if a guy's throwing ninety, it's tough not to give him a text here and there, you know. Yeah. Sure. So um we don't really do too much of it to be honest with you. I think the guys just from where we're at, we don't since Marshall has their team started up now, all the Marshall boys mm-hmm. pretty much play for Marshall. That'd be the big area we would try to pull from just because I think what happened a lot of times before when Marshall used to be a class B team and um, you know, all the college players could play for them and things like that. And now the college players aren't allowed to play for them. If they were, they'd have to go back to Class B. So mm-hmm. all the high school kids that were that were pretty good ball players, um, you know, back then, they really didn't get a chance to play because they were playing behind all these college kids. So they'd want to go play yeah. for a nearby town. You know, the Millroy Yankees had a lot of success with grabbing those players, and they have a really good program over there because of it. Um, mm-hmm. And other surrounding towns, like us, too, we benefited from it uh, but as of late, you know we're pretty much like I said, it's just the guys from Minneota will pretty much play for Minota you know we'll we'll keep a good yeah. eye on the high school team and things like that, and i'm I'm pretty you know, we know all the guys and stuff and who's coming up and if we had friends from other towns locally that um that were good ball players and that you know they were open to coming and play for us, we'd definitely talk to them, but it's it's tough, yeah, especially with just how many teams are to choose from and things like that. Yeah,
1: well, there's kind of a, there's kind of an art form to it too, where and and sometimes you know a lot of times you'll hear your your best recruiters are your players because then as a as a manager, you don't want to be the guy who's out calling people and texting people or whatever. We kind of have one of our unwritten rules over here is that if if you're going to do that as a manager, you just talk to the guy from the area first. So like we're right next door to Hudson. If I know a Hudson kid wants to play, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to that kid or answer an email, I'm probably gonna call Chris Labrush first because he manages the team in Hudson, and I'm gonna say, hey, this kid reached out to me. You know, I'm, I'll mm-hmm. get back to him. But what are your thoughts? Um, but it's all kind of bets end up being off when it's because you can't prevent your players from talking to each other, talking to their buddies, talking to their cousins, talking to their whatever. Um, yeah. So that that's where it becomes an art form of like, yeah, I mean, keep talking. You, you tell your player, hey, go ahead. Yeah, keep talking to your buddy or whatever. Just let me know if at any point I need to reach out to them. And then if I do, then I'm going to call that other manager first. So it's interesting. We're, it's been on our mind over here just because we've had some situations last few years where we may try to put some more rules in place, but sometimes rules like that are hard to – the reason they're unwritten is they're they're hard to – put on paper and make them make sense
2: so right yeah no exactly
1: yeah so on that note on that um bunch of word salad coming out of my mouth there at the end about that um I should uh probably get inside maybe go call my daughter and wish her a good hockey practice yep uh, be a good dad be a good dad try to go from being a bad dad (laughs) to a good dad oh no you you were never a bad dad (laughs) oh Thanks, Tyson. I appreciate that. See, that's uh, the – now, I, I didn't say at the start of this that it wasn't completely random. I think that I reached out to, Minota you know, to my, my family is all from out in Hendricks, west of Marshall, out there. So when I decided to pick, I thought, let's go to the place where I spent a lot of time as a kid, southwest Minnesota. It's nothing but wonderful people out there. And look at that, Tyson. You just proved Thanks. my theory. I built me back
2: up <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> well, I heard, too, as soon as you hop on this podcast, your team automatically gets the bid to state tournament, so – we're hoping yeah, that uh, that just comes just true another, here. Yeah, I'm working <laughs> on that side deal with this I just said it through. There you go. <laughs> so it be, so. yeah. we'll, just, we'll just save our pitching now that we have the automatic bid. So we'll just do well, a couple of things call. here and there. Yeah. And, yeah. Right.
1: I mean, now the recruiting can start. Now you get to say, hey, look, we've got an automatic bid. We've got yeah.
2: so, that's really uh, going to help. So that's, that's good. Glad yeah. we got that taken care of.
1: You bet. Well, Tyson, thanks for the conversation today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Enjoy the warm weather where you're at, too, for sure.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh.
1: Yeah, you bet.
2: Have a good one. All right. Yeah, me too. Take care.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Small Town Commute. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor or share the podcast with fellow ball players. You can send them to our website at baseballcommute.com. I'm always looking for guests and great conversations, so if you've got a suggestion or you just want to call and talk baseball, shoot us a line at baseballcommute at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for what you do for amateur baseball, wherever that might be.